Welcome. I'm Christina Michelle, inviting you to join me for culture-rich conversations, an ongoing feature of Juno Afternoon. As we continue with our celebration of Women's History Month, today my guests and I are highlighting the women that have had a major influence on our lives. These women have shaped the people that we grew up to be, and it is an honor to share their stories with you. I know I wouldn't be where I am today without their wisdom, and I can't wait to share their stories and get started with our show today. From KTOO in Juneau, this is Culture Rich Conversations. Culture Rich Conversations is made possible by a grant from the Social Justice Fund Grant Program of the Alaska Community Foundation. Culture Rich Conversations on Juno Afternoon is sponsored in part by Mark Stofa and Sarah Hannon of the Alaska Wild Salmon Company, delivering fresh salmon to Juno homes since 2006. Learn more at goodsalmon.com or 907-321-4997. The Black Awareness Association would like to take a moment to recognize that Culture Rich Conversations is broadcast from Flinket Ani. We acknowledge those families who made use of this land and waterways for thousands of years and still cherish it as an important part of their way of life for today and future generations. Gunalschish, thank you. You're listening to Culture Rich. Culture Rich. Welcome to Culture Rich Conversations. I'm Christina Michelle. Today, I am so excited that my guests and I are highlighting the women that have made a lasting impact on our lives. Before we begin, I want to welcome my guests, Connie St. John and our show's producer, Natasha Boozer. Welcome, ladies. Hi, thank you. For thank you. Having. Hi. So I'll share a little bit about Connie and Connie, I'll let you share a little bit about yourself. Um, but I am super excited that Connie is joining us today. She is one of my very good friends and mentors and a woman that I certainly have looked up to for a long time. And we met in California when I lived there. Connie now lives in D.C. I'll let her share more about that if if she wants to. But I am very happy to have her here um, joining us for this conversation. Connie, is there anything that you would like to share as an intro to our listeners? I'm happy to be here. I'm really happy to be here. And yes, I live in D.C. now. I'm not a native of D.C., but I I live here now and I'm enjoying it. Awesome. And Connie, can you share what you do in D.C.? Sure. So I have, um, I work for a production company called No Weapon Productions, and I'm a writer-director for them. We produce Change Your Life Entertainment for um, stage, screen, and television. And we do a lot of live events as well. And then I'm also the lead consultant for St. John Consulting Group. And I work with corporations and organizations on um, team building, employee engagement, and leadership development. Mm 
So I do those things and a lot of them here in D.C. (laughs) Thank you very much. I can't wait to hear about the women who have impacted who you have become today and have helped you to get to um, the point where you are in your life and your success. Thank you again for being here. And thank you for having me. Yes, of course. Welcome, Natasha. Thank you for having me. I want to begin by saying today for this show, I'm live in the studio in Juneau. I'm not in Vegas, and I'm very excited to be here with Christina Michelle um, and KTOO. Um, It's been amazing to come back, even though it's still winter, (laughs) leaving Las Vegas. It's been amazing to come back and be here um, and familiarize myself with the place that I grew up in. So I'm excited to get started and talk about women who have impacted our lives um, as we continue to celebrate Women's History Month. I'm very happy to be here. (laughs) Yay. Thank you. I can't believe I forgot to say that, I guess, because we've been together for a couple of days. It just feels natural. And I forgot that, yeah, you're not usually here in the studio. So that is a big deal. Okay, so before we get into our discussion about the women who have impacted our lives, I want to share a little bit about Women's History Month and why it's so important to celebrate it. So um, in my research, I found that the celebration of women and Women's History Month began back in 1980 when President Jimmy Carter issued the first presidential proclamation declaring the week of March 8th as National Women's History Week. This weekly observance continued until 1987, when Congress designated March as Women's History Month. However, what President Carter and Congress did for the solidification of Women's History Month back in the 80s was not the beginning, but rather the end result of a fight for the recognition of women that began back in 1909. At that time, Women's History was celebrated on a single day. It wasn't widely celebrated in the United States until the United Nations recognized it in the 1970s. It would eventually take a presidential proclamation and an act of Congress before we would reach the outcome that we now know as Women's History Month. Yay! Woo-woo! I want to clap. <laughs> I, just, I should have brought my maracas. Right? I just feel like that deserves a, you know, a round of applause or something. <laughs> So now that we know when it began, let's talk a little bit about why it's so important to celebrate Women's History Month. It's not only a time of reflection and recognition, but of celebration as well. Women's history is essential to our society because of all the women from past generations who were brave enough to pave the way for all of us who enjoy the freedoms we have today. We must never forget that there was a time when women weren't allowed the same rights as men in America, from voting rights to owning our own homes to positions of power in the workplace to controlling our own money. I could go on and on. Even now in 2023, we're still fighting for our body autonomy and equal pay because it's clear that the work for women's rights is not yet done. If we don't continue to to stay the course and fight the good fight against the people that want to roll back the progress that women fought and died for, we will continue to see our rights taken away little by little, and we must never let that happen. There are many ways to celebrate Women's History Month, but here are just a few. You can attend local events in your community. As a matter of fact, Natasha and I did that last night. We attended... Do you remember the name of the artist? Kishona. Kishona. I wanted to say something else. 
That was close. So, okay, perfect. <laughs> Kishona. Um, and it was wonderful. It was three women and they are actually on a tour around Alaska right now. Yeah, I think so they go to Anchorage next. To Anchorage. Um, somewhere obscure, but, <laughs> but it was awesome. We were really, really excited and it was kind of cool. I feel like I vibed with one of the ladies, like when I walked in and she saw a sister walking in and she <laughs> yes. looked over at me and I looked at her on the stage and I like winked and nodded <laughs> and smiled. And she was like, I see you, girl. <laughs> so either way, it doesn't matter what color. We just want to support um, women who are doing things in our local community. Um, you can shop at businesses that are funded by women. And you can take time to honor the women in your life that are making a difference, such as the way that we're doing uh, the show today. Okay, ladies. So now that we know the how and the why of Women's History Month, let's talk about the women who've had a substantial impact in our lives. So, Connie, I will begin with you. And we were thinking about talking about the top two um, if you have more than that, you certainly are welcome to share. I know that I do. But can you uh, start with sharing a little bit about who the women are for you um, and um, how they've impacted your life? And I have a few questions I'll guide you through, but you can start wherever you like. Awesome. So first I have to say, I'm remiss in not bringing this up, but I serve on the board of directors for Women in Film um, and Video, DC. And it's so important when you were talking about supporting things for women during Women's History Month, we had our board meeting last night. We're doing lots of things to support women and pay equity, um, equity behind the scenes in filmmaking, as well as um, in front of the camera. So um, I got to mention that for Women's History Month. I serve on other boards, but that one is the one that has to be mentioned. So yes. otherwise, I'm just remiss. And I am so glad, Christine and Michelle, that you said we could choose more than two because there are always two that I can't not select. But I was going to leave them off this time because I talk about them every single time. And so I have two others that I wanted to highlight. <laughs> but I have to just acknowledge the two that are so important to the development of who I became. And the first is my Aunt Trudy, my mother's sister, older sister, who was my mentor growing up. And she was a second mother to me. The impact, her impact on my life cannot be overstated. And anybody who met her. Um, so um, I think I, I want to always, her name was Trudy my aunt Trudy. And I always just want to talk about Trudy because of all she did for me. I was a shy little girl and she got me out of my shyness and um, she spoke into my life. She just was so wise. And she was the first person who truly made me feel that she believed in me. So I always talk about Trudy when I'm talking about the women who have impacted, not even just the women, people in general who have impacted me and shaped my life. But um, so Trudy is number one, no question. I know it's always supposed to be our mom, but even my mom <laughs> looked up to Trudy. So, I mean, you know, that's just what it is. The second one is Libby Gill. And Libby was my boss at one of the studios where I worked at Columbia TriStar. And she ended up being so instrumental in my career. She promoted me. Um, then she led me to another job at Turner Broadcasting in Atlanta, and then she put me forward for the 
Harpo job with Oprah in Chicago. And then when I moved back to California, she opened that door for that job and head of marketing, first head of marketing for the Entertainment Industry Foundation. And that is who Libby has always been. Just, I have an opportunity for you. You got this girl here. Are you interested? And I'm like, yeah. So when I look at my career, I can't not acknowledge Libby. So those two just take places one and two automatically, just because it shaped who I am and my entire career. But the two I want to acknowledge tonight are my dear, 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 dear friends. Um, the treaty has passed. Libby is still living. So I want to acknowledge my girlfriends. These are more peers than they are mentors, but they're also mentors, but they've shaped my life. The first is my dear friend, Spring, um, Spring George. And oh my goodness, Spring and I were college roommates. That's how we met. And and I'll explain how she impacted my life in a second. But the second one is Rosa. And Rosa worked for me, actually, at one of my jobs. But how she's been instrumental since that time, what's interesting is that in, they've been significant in similar ways. And their character is similar. Um, Christina Michelle's had the great fortune to have met Spring. So she knows that I may be biased, but I'm not wrong. Spring is truly goodness and light. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, she is just like people meet her. And they're like, how can you be this good? Like she's <laughs> just good. And um, but the way she she really impacted my life after I mean, we were you know roommates and we became friends and it was great. But I moved back to California um, when I started my career. And um, my family, my parents had us really, really young, like teenage young. So my sister at 16, me 10 months later at 17. So we grew up together. My mom and I grew up together. My, <laughs> my dad and I, we grew up together. So um, they, I knew how to live kind of hand to mouth. Like you, you live paycheck to paycheck. That's what I knew from my parents. It was steak and lobster on payday. Mm. And as we got closer to the end of that time period, it was Popeye's. <laughs> and that's just what I knew. It's, it's you know, there, I didn't know anything about saving. I'd never been taught that. And one day I was on the phone with Spring and something was going on. And I needed to fly back to Detroit. And I'm thinking, well, I have to wait for my next paycheck. Because, of course, you never just have money. You have to wait for paychecks. That's all I knew. <laughs> and she said, oh, well, you want me to buy the ticket and you can pay me back? And I was like, wait, you just have money for a plane ticket? Like, how do you do that? It was, <laughs> it was as though she was speaking Greek to me. Like, how could you just have money sitting that you didn't already spend? Mm -hmm. I just, it, I couldn't even understand it. And she's helped me <laughs> with financial literacy and learning how to, save and things like that since that time. So that was one huge impact on, you know, learning how not to live check to check. But I will say that the biggest impact Spring has had on me is that she, um, she taught me about the value of spending time with your loved ones while they're still around. Mm. And Spring goes to every graduation, every baby shower, every wedding. And I don't just mean like major graduations, like college degrees. She goes to high school graduations, middle school graduations, retirement parties. I mean, just, and she just flies, drives, trains, whatever it is to be there. 
And she, well, she said to me, why would you want to just go to somebody's funeral? Like people always make time and make it a priority to go to somebody's funeral. I want to celebrate with them while they're still alive. It completely changed my paradigm. Wow. Completely. And again, because my parents were kids. My parents didn't come to my high school graduation, to my sister's high school graduation, to my brother's high school graduation. I mean, they just didn't. My my mom, her mother never came to a piano recital. Oh, wow. And so, and she was a child prodigy. So we weren't, we didn't have a family that was kind of in the habit of supporting people that they really loved while they could still support them. We just, that's not the family that we had. That wasn't the dynamic. My sister was uh, um, like a pom-pom girl, a cheerleader type. I went to every game but one when I was sick. My parents not one time came to a game. So when I grew up and watching spring live this out, it made me realize this is who I want to be. So I was that way with my baby. I went to everything, every show, every performance of every show. And I invited friends, every graduation. I wanted to be present because you remember that. And so spring taught me how to do that. She knows how to show up for people. And it made it such a priority and so important to me to just always show up for people that you say you care about. And then my sweet Rosa, um, as I said, Rosa worked for me initially. And what happened was, you know, we're on a radio show. It's all public knowledge. I'm just going to say it. But I was a whistleblower at an organization and they let me go. But they were doing funny money business. So I did what you're supposed to do and told somebody and the board voted me out, which was unexpected and devastating. And so I went through a really difficult time emotionally. I was going through a divorce at the time, a bad breakup. I mean, there were all the things. And I just kind of sunk from everything. I was depressed and Ultimately, I mean, I couldn't even market myself to get another job or to do mm-hmm. consulting because I was crying every day. And Rosa came to my rescue, not only through financial support, but emotional support of, I know you, I've worked with you. I know who you are. I know what you can do. I will not let you give up. I will stay at your doorstep and remind you who you are and pick you back up. I'm not going to just let you go down into this deep, dark hole. And it took a minute. Like it took a minute before I could get myself back together. Like a few years, I could not pull it together. I was so devastated. I couldn't pull it together. And Rosa was there regularly. Let's go out for coffee. I'm taking you out for dinner. Here, here's a check for $7,000. Hopefully that'll hold you over for now. And I was just like, what is happening right now? And she's like, I won't let you. I won't let you stay down. I won't let it happen. I will be there for you. And so I asked her how she could do that. Like, and she told me years prior, um, her family, I think, had relocated from Mexico. And the father was unemployed at the time. And the neighbors and friends came and brought groceries and paid the rent or mortgage wherever they were living, made sure everybody had toys and and clothes and things like that. And she said, watching people pull together when her father was at his lowest point made her decide, I want to do that. I want to pay that forward 
I want to be that person. And so that's who she was multiple times coming to my rescue again, not just financially, but emotionally when I was truly at my lowest point. And so she, you know, both of them have meant just so much to me because of who they are and what their character is. So I'll stop there because I want to hear about Natasha's people, but I wanted to share that. (laughs) Connie, thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Well, and you, you can still, you know, we still want to hear from you too, because we, um, we have some time so we can, um, I don't want, I don't want to like cut you off or anything. I love hearing about Aunt Judy and Libby and Spring and Rosa. And I've heard these names over the years, just knowing you. Um, and, and you've always said wonderful things about all of them, actually. But to hear you lay it out in the way that you have just now is so beautiful and so inspirational. And I just love it. And I, I will say, I think out of those four, I think Spring is maybe the only one I've met. Maybe I met Rosa in, in L.A. I'm not sure. But I do echo everything that you said about spring like she is just love and light she is truly like when you hear the term earth angel like i could i would describe um spring in that way and she has the sweetest voice and i can't even i'm not even gonna try to <laughs> try to she's imitate got a it but she, high yes and she's so cute you, she'll call you and she'll say hi this is spring and you're like Spring. I know it's you. You have to announce yourself every time. And she's so amazing because she's got, she's petite, she's 5'2", this high-pitched voice, and yet she's a boss babe. Like, yeah. that's who she is. Like, yeah. she's she's a subject matter expert in auditing. And so she's the boss over, like, you know, the Air Force or the State Department or whatever it is. And she walks in with her little happy self and the biggest smile says, hi, the boss let's get to work and you're just like oh my gosh but she just takes care of business she is she is amazing and so you know they they hear her telling them what to do and they say who is this what and they say actually she's the boss and then she just giggles just (laughs) because they didn't realize it (laughs) i love her for that I love that too. Okay, well, we're going to take a break in just a minute. But before we do, Natasha, I would love for you to share who your ladies are. And um, you can just tell us who they are. And then when we come back, we'll hear more about them. Yes. So I I did think a lot about who to talk about because there have been a lot of people in my life um, who've impacted my life. Growing up in Juneau, there's not a very large Black community. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot that you can look to, to gain knowledge about your culture. Um, So I look to my mom and to Oprah Um, from the very beginning. um, My mom, she was very supportive and she taught me as much as she could about being a black woman. And I think that really laid the foundation that I needed to at least build upon and uh, with Oprah, I think it's probably obvious why I chose Oprah, but I did. I can say, at least in the onset, that um, she was the first person of color and woman of color that I saw um, in such a high-profile leadership role. And it wasn't just that she had a, 
a show that she hosted, but it was what she did with her show and how she um, changed the life, the lives of others. And that really spoke to me. And it gave me um, hope that maybe one day I could do the same thing. So those are my two women that I chose. Awesome. Thank you so much. I can't wait to hear more about them. And I have I have women too. Maybe if we have time, I'll get to share mine. But um, mine are Lisa Nichols, who is a motivational speaker. And I've never met Lisa, but she's my um, she's like my guru from afar. And Christine Kane, who is a professional mentor of mine and and my mom. So, and I feel like my mom's like the obvious, you know, she's the, she's like Connie's, you know, top two. They're like, I can't talk about this without talking about, you know, this person. Um, my mom is that person for me. And if I had, if I had four, the fourth one would be Alicia Keys. Cause I would just had like a girl crush, celebrity crush, um, uh, just everything about her, like and what she represents and the work that she does and um, being an activist as well as an artist. I just think that she's amazing. So anyway, if we get time, I'll talk more about um, how those women's lives have impacted mine. If you're just joining us on Culture Rich Conversations, I'm Christina Michelle and my guests, Natasha Boozer and Connie St. John and I have been sharing a little bit about the women who have impacted our lives and who have helped shape who we are today. Stay with us because there's so much more coming. We'll be right back. Support for Juno Afternoon comes from Heritage Coffee Roasting Company, providing Juno with locally roasted coffee for over 40 years, with cafes and drive through locations throughout Juno. More at heritagecoffee.com. Welcome back to Culture Rich Conversations. I'm Christina Michelle. Before we went to break, we were talking about the women who have shaped our lives, and we are just continuing this conversation in honor of Women's History Month. And Connie, our guest joining us via Zoom from D.C., shared about her Aunt Trudy and her 
friends Libby, Spring, and Rosa. And then Natasha introduced the idea of the women who have impacted her life. And Tasha, you said Oprah, your mom, and was there a third? No, it was just it was just the two. Of the that. two, Oprah yeah. and your mom. Oh, you you did the assignment. <laughs> you followed the assignment of two. I got you. I did. Okay. So can you tell us more um, about how these women have impacted your life? I guess we can start with, is it okay to start with your mom? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. All right. So, oh, go ahead. So my mom, I think most people in Juneau know my mom. Her name is Renee Boozer. Um, Her son is the famous Carlos Boozer Jr. (laughs) Um, But the thing that really stood out for me was my mom has five children. And she is a very and was a very hands-on mother. Um, and she also worked for the federal government here in Juneau as well. Um, and so she had a nine-to-five job. Um, but before she went to work, she would get up at five in the morning because that was the only time she had for herself. And then she would wake us up to get ready for school and make all of her lunches and make our breakfasts and then get us off to school or to daycare. And then she'd go work a full day of work. And then she would come home and she would uh, make dinner and help with homework. And, you know, she did it all. And she is the standard that I have um, as a kind of mother that I model myself after um, because she... She did her very best. Um, it wasn't always easy. And I did grow up in a, in a home with two parents. My dad was also very hands-on. Um, but we did live in a bit of an old-fashioned kind of um, Black household. So my mom was the one who did um, what you would call women's work back in the 80s um, and the 90s. I was born in 1980, um, aging myself a bit. But um, at that time, she was the one who did the child rearing, and she did it in a very um, hands-on approach, but it was with uh, love. And so I always looked to her for wisdom. I always looked to her for guidance and for how to be a Black woman and and to uh, know my worth because she was very hardworking, but she also knew... um, her value as well. So that was the reason that I chose my mom. Oh, and do you think that your mom knows how much of an impact she's had on your life? I do think so because she, she tells me all the time mm-hmm. that she's proud of me and she sees how I am with my children. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's always, you know, I have dark circles under my eyes that are just a part of my um, Indian heritage. Um, but it also gets worse when I don't get enough rest, mm-hmm. which I never do. Um, and she's always encouraging me to get rest, take time for myself, that my children are resilient. Um and she's always telling me how proud of me she is that I have my children and their value as a priority. Um, I'm, I think that she looks at me as a modern mother, but I also think she can see how her child rearing has definitely impacted the way that I raise my own children. I love that. Yeah. 
Okay, so I have a couple follow-up questions, but I, I think I'll hold them till we hear about how Oprah has impacted your life. So again, growing up in Alaska, there's not a huge uh, African-American community. And it was mostly our peers that you can look to uh, to see what it means to be a young Black girl in Alaska. I look to you. I would look to um, Janelle Billingsley, Takaji McRae, um, Monique Johnson, Maya Arnott. Like they, I think all of you really helped me. But when it came to what I would aspire to as a woman before motherhood, Oprah was always the one who stood out to me because she didn't have children, but she always uh, gave to children. She always gave to young Black girls Mm. um, with the schools that she built. And she was never beholden to um, any sort of like stereotype. So she broke the stereotypes and she paved her own way. And I, I very much wanted to do the same thing. You know, I think growing up here in the, in the eighties, in the nineties, there's sort of a way that you are expected to be as a woman of color or a teenager of color. And you don't always know that you need to make your own way. And when I look to Oprah and the choices that she made, the boundaries that she broke, she always pushed back. Mm. And she always used her platform to lift up other people, not just women um, and not women of color, but everyone, anyone she came into contact with. And I loved that she shares information that she learns. That changed my life in a huge way. Like when she had, I think it was Maya Angelou on her show, and she said, when you see your children, do you greet them with a smile? And I didn't have children at the time that I saw that episode, but I always said, when I have my own kids, I will always greet them with a smile. And I think we're talking about this. Mm -hmm. So when I see my daughter every single morning from the day I gave birth until the day I had to come here, I say, I say, good morning, gorgeous. And to my son, I say, good morning, young king. You know, and I tell them that I love them because I want them to always know, yes, as a mother, you know, we see things that they can fix, Mm -hmm. but you also need to uplift them and let them know how great they are. And Oprah always did that. She shared her knowledge. She educated people. And I really admired that. She didn't just learn things, but she also paid it forward. And I always wanted to do the same thing with my own life. I love that. If you're just joining us, I'm here with Natasha Boozer and Connie St. John. And Natasha was just sharing with us about the top two women who have influenced her life. And we're having this conversation in honor of Um, Women's History Month. So um, I am going to share about my women a little bit. And then I have some follow-up questions actually for uh, both you, Natasha, and for you, Connie. So, okay. My women are, as I said earlier, Lisa Nichols and um, Christine Kane and my mom. So I'll start with Lisa Nichols. Um. Lisa is a motivational speaker and a um, inspirational teacher. Uh, I first learned about her from The Secret, um, the documentary that came out in, I think it was 2006. And Lisa 
was not well known at the time. And I later found out that she kind of got on that show, not on accident, but she, when she got the call to be on The Secret, she was shocked because she wasn't that well known, but she had set an intention to be part of something that was worldwide life changing. And then she gets connected with someone who invites her to be a part of this documentary. And that really catapulted her career as a speaker and an author. Um, So I have been following her and I've watched a lot of like her YouTube videos and um, have read her books. And what makes Lisa stand out to me because I'm, I'm huge, like really big into self-help and personal development and all of that. And so there's a ton of, of coaches and um, authors that I could think of, but um, Lisa is, you know, above and beyond for me because of her, the way that she tells stories. Like Lisa just has a way of not only telling stories that are compelling, um, but it, of teaching other people how to do the same thing. And um, she, she, calls herself a transformational speaker because she talks about being a motivational speaker and how motivation only lasts for so long. Or you can be an inspirational speaker, but you only stay inspired for so long. But when you transform, like that's lasting. And so she wanted to be a transformational speaker and that's what she is. Um, And I love her. um, she, She always says, whenever you get on a stage or whenever you want to um, even just have a conversation one-on-one with somebody that's meaningful. You have to remember that you have nothing to hide, nothing to defend and nothing to protect. And like, you just have to come with like your full self, full authenticity and um, just bring the raw, you know, but not in a way that um, is unpalatable for people, right? Like you don't want to like, like be too hard or, you know, share to share your story in a way that um, traumatizes others. Right. But also be authentic and so that people can really connect with you. And I just love her for that. And I I love that you can see it in everything that she does and that she teaches other people how to do that. So um, I, what I know about her and her story is that she's from Los Angeles and she has a son. Uh, And this was many, many years ago before she got started in her career. Um, But her son's father was in jail And she, so that basically made her a single mother. And she says that she had 56 cents in her account. She, she checked her, you know, she's at the ATM. She needed money to get diapers and she had 56 cents. And she said she just broke down crying, holding her baby at the ATM. And she said that she, in that moment that she saw her account balance, looked at her baby and said, mommy, or said, baby, mommy will never be this broke again. Like, I promise you that. And so she set the intention to become the person that she is today. And she just shares about, you know, that journey and and the long, hard road. Um, but it's just such a beautiful story. And it's just, it, it she models the authenticity, right? Of like just bringing the real, bringing the raw, um, sharing where she came from and what was ugly about it. But uh, it makes who she is now and seeing where she is now that much more meaningful and inspirational because she's able to do that. But um, in that moment of setting that intention, um, she said shortly after, or rather shortly after that moment, she started saving whatever she had, whether it was 10 cents, 20 cents, a dollar, whatever it was, she just started saving. And um, eventually she ended up like making money and getting a better job. And then she opened or started her speaking business. And then she wrote a book and, you know, yada, yada, yada. 
But um, her company is now called Motivating the Masses, and it's a publicly traded company, and she's now worth millions, and she's been on the Oprah show like a million times. And so it's just so, it's amazing. And I love Lisa's story. So um, I would say in terms of how she's had an impact on my life, even though I don't know her personally, it's kind of like, um, Natasha, how you were talking about with Oprah, like just seeing a, a Black woman. Oh, yeah, Lisa's Black. Um seeing a black woman who can, you know, can take herself from, I don't want to say rags to riches because it's so, it's more than that. It's it's not about the money as much as it's about um, breaking the stereotype for herself because where she came from and the um, environment that she grew up in and the family that she grew up in, um, she, she broke the glass ceiling, you know, for her environment. And that's huge and really beautiful. And then um, the what she's been able to give her son because of the work that she's done on herself. Um, It's so beautiful. The experience that he now has as a young man um, and, you know, being a, a a baby in your mom's arms who doesn't have a fresh diaper because she can't afford it to now, you know, he's like 20, 21 or whatever, traveling the world, college educated, living his best life. And, you know, it's just, it's beautiful. So, um, I I would say, um, yeah, in terms of the impact, she has taught me about authenticity and tenacity and vision. Um, and, and I just love how she's been so open about her journey. So the other person, do I have time about to talk about yep, the other person? Okay. All right. So um, Christine Kane. Christine um, is... Also, she's a business coach, and I learned about vision boards from Christine Kane, and I absolutely love doing vision boards. And um, I learned about uh, setting intentions from her, and uh, she's actually the we've done the word of the year exercise a couple of times, and um, and I learned that exercise from Christine, and it has just been a life changer for me. And I've been able to share um, with other people how to use setting intentions to positively impact their life. Um, What makes her stand out to me is that she, I had received, when I first started doing hypnotherapy, I had gotten some advice from a, from a mentor who uh, she said that if I ever wanted to speak in churches, never mention hypnosis or hypnotherapy or like let people know what I people in churches know what I do as a hypnotherapist. And I was like, okay, that made me so sad because I did kind of want to speak. It wasn't like a big thing, but you know, I didn't want to not talk about something that was so important to me. Um, if I did have an opportunity to speak in a church or something. And I understood where she was coming from because hypnotherapy has a stigma, um, in some communities that I wasn't aware of. And um, when I learned about it, she's like, best is to just not mention it, right? Like talk about other things. And Christine, when we were talking about that and as she was, you know, kind of guiding me um, in just how I wanted to um, frame or in what, what the way I wanted to do things in business and what I wanted to offer, I told her about that fear of like talking about hypnosis or hypnotherapy in church. And she completely like flipped it around for me. And she said that 
if I fragment myself and I'm Christina who talks about this here and I'm Christina who talks about this there and I'm a different Christina here and a different Christina here, then I can only go so far in terms of, you know, what I can accomplish like in my life and the impact that I can have on people because it's um, because you're fragmenting basically. Right. And so um, she said that the, the real flex is to actually show people how everything that I do is connected, right? So like as a Christian, how hypnotherapy, you know, is not unsupported by um, our Christian beliefs, but they act, like show them how it actually can be integrated into your Christian beliefs. Um, and she's like, that's the bridge, right? Like it's not, don't talk about it. It's show them how it actually integrates. And so um so then I started looking at other places in my life where I was not integrating, right? Like where I was like being this Christina here and this Christina there, um, you know, different person at work than I am at church, than I am at home, than I am at whatever. And she really like taught me how to be like, no, this is me, all of me. I bring all of me to everywhere I am and everything that I do. And so that was huge. And as I was kind of thinking about these women, um, Christine and Lisa, like the Two things that stand out the most to me about them are um, the authenticity. They're both big on authenticity, and um, and that's a value of mine. And so, um, yeah, so they both have impacted my life in that way. Um, and as far as um, Christine, her history, like she didn't start out as a as a coach. She actually was a country singer. And she wanted to have a Grammy. That was her big thing on her vision board. And she never got the Grammy. And she said after a few years of like trying her very best and doing everything she could to, you know, try to break into the industry and like make it big. um, She sat down and she's like, okay, all these other things that I want to accomplish in my life come to me pretty easily. But like this one thing is not, I'm not getting any traction on it. And She said that she realized that the things that manifested for her were the things that fed her soul and the things that were not manifesting were the things that fed her ego. And she realized that the Grammy was not a soul thing or didn't feed her soul. It fed her ego. And she's like, at that point, everything that fed her ego, she took off her vision board and was like... I'm not chasing this anymore. I'm only chasing what feeds my soul. And that led to where she is now as a successful business coach and entrepreneur and also, you know, worth like several millions of dollars and teaches other people how to get there too. And so um, I, I love her journey of authenticity as well and being able to say, this is not, this is not about, um, like this doesn't need to be about the part of me that doesn't, serve myself or anybody else, right? And like being willing to let go of that, which I think is beautiful. So those are my two. And then my mom. So my mom, um, obviously, like she's she's just one of the best women that I know, like ever, ever. And um, and I will say her, like the biggest thing that stands out to me about my mom, I feel is her grace under fire. Um, I mean, there's so many things I could say about her, but um But what I admire the most is at a time where, you know, like you, Natasha, I grew up with both of my parents in the household and my dad left our family when I was 19 and he left it in like a terrible way. I remember. Yeah. And my mom, um, she never like my dad pastored and he left the ministry. He just like dropped all of it and was like, I'm out. And um, 
my mom never once, even though she cried herself to sleep every night for years, <laughs> she never once said a bad thing about him to me or my brother. She never trashed him, never talked bad about him, never discouraged us from, you know, wanting to have a relationship with him um, or anything like that. And she literally like pulled herself up by the bootstrings, bootstrings, bootstraps, whatever they are. She pulled herself up because um, he left her without financial support or anything. And um, it was a very hard time for her. But you know, over over the years, and it's been maybe I don't know, very long time. It's been a long time, yeah. um, but not once has she ever, 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 ever disrespected him. Um, and she certainly could have, she would have been within her have. perfect right, you know. Mm-hmm. So, at least not publicly. I'll just say that <laughs> I don't know what she does when she's home alone, but um, but I just admire that about her, um, and just the fact that she has taught me so much about faith. And about integrity. My mom is like very huge on integrity and she's always like who you are um, behind closed doors needs to or who you are in you know, public needs to be the same person you are behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. And I have a friend who's um, her mom is a minister and she was like, I would never get in my mom's prayer line at church because I know who she is at home and I don't want her praying for me. <laughs> And I was like, oh, Lord. And I told my mom, I was like, <laughs> I thought about it. And I was like, you know what, Mom? I would stand in your prayer line. I would okay? too. I absolutely. <laughs> I'd be the first in your prayer line because I know your prayers get through. Like, I, mean, I know who you are behind closed doors. And, yeah, it's it's the same person who um, other people know her to be. So I honor her and I probably don't show it as much as I should. I'm probably like the brattiest adult child ever, but, um, but she knows I love her and I just adore her. So those are my three women. That's amazing. It's beautiful. Yes. So, um, Again, if you're just joining us, I'm Christina Michelle. I'm here with Connie St. John and Natasha Boozer, and we are just honoring the women in our lives who have shaped who we have become in honor of Women's History Month. So um, I just want to ask a couple questions like as we wrap up. Um, and Connie, I'll, I'll ask you to answer this first. What is the best piece of advice that one of your ladies have ever given you? Oh my goodness. I know. So I'd have to, I know that's, that one's really hard. Um, I'd have to, there, there's so much wisdom from, from both spring and Rosa, but I have to go back to my aunt Trudy um, who told me two things. One is this too shall pass. Mm. And the other is attitude is everything. And I would say, no, it can't be everything. I mean, like if you lost your legs, like that wouldn't be attitude. And she was like, hey, Some people would handle it this way and some would handle it that way. And then I literally got to see that kind of play out because when I was living in California, this woman, you guys probably heard about it. She was an ABC reporter in the news van and lightning struck the news van and she was paralyzed from the neck down. Oh, no. And she said, I am so thankful that I'm still here, that I'll be able to watch my children graduate and get married, even though she was in a wheelchair. Wow. And then later I was talking to my baby brother and he said, if ever I was paralyzed, I would commit suicide. And in that moment, I understood this is what Trudy meant when she said attitude is everything, because one person would get the circumstances I even have now where I might be struggling with whatever, but somebody else would get those circumstances and be like, yeah, look what I have to work with. And I'm looking at it like, oh my gosh, when is it going to be breakthrough time? But if somebody else had it, 
it might be their breakthrough, which means it's not about the circumstance. It's about the attitude and perspective. So, and then Christine, I did want to add one thing because you asked this in advance and I just want to mention this because I didn't get to say it about Rosa and Spring. And one of the reasons that I selected them is that they're both, not only as you know, Spring is goodness and light, but so is Rosa, but they're goody two shoes. (laughs) And I'm really a goody two shoes. And when you're a goody two shoes, you don't fit in. That's true. You don't fit in with most people. <laughs> but Spring and Rosa are my people. They get that I don't want to be bad all the time. They don't. They get that 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 I'm. I just want to do good things and nice things. And other people humiliate me for that. Even like at times, I mean, lovingly, my parents. My dad would call me, you know, sweet poly pure bread. You just want to do all the good things. And but but Spring and Rosa. They never make me feel bad about wanting to just do good. They never question it. They get it. I and so that. that's, there was a question about how did they rise above the other people to be selected? That's how with Spring and Rosa is, is they're good through and through. And they allow me to be my little prudish nerdy self and just be good. Oh, <laughs> yay. I love it. Um, Natasha, what's the best piece of advice one of your um, women who have shaped your life have given you? Well, I would say um, I have two mm-hmm. very quickly. Oprah always, was it Oprah or my Angelou on Oprah's show? She said that when it was my Angelou, mm. when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. Yep. And I've used that my whole life yeah. and it has guided who I have in my circle. And my mom, she didn't just say it, but she lived it. She always says, give it to God. Mm. And she said, you can't hold it. You have to give it to God and let him do his work. And you do what you can, but you can't do everything. So I, I, those two things I've always carried with me. I love it. What about you? Um, For me, I would say, um, going back to Christine Kane, who's like, bring your whole person (laughs) everywhere you go, like be you, all of you, everywhere you are. Um, And for my mom, it's so many things. But um, I think what sticks out the most is when she's always like, baby, you're in a better place than you know. You're in a better position than you know. And I that has gotten me through some dark days and dark times because I just hear my mom's voice saying, baby, you're in a better position than you know. And I'm like, okay, it's not the end. Like It's better than I think it is. So, um, so yeah, that's it for me. Well, ladies, I... I am so, so thankful for the opportunity that I've had to have this conversation with you. And it's been so heartwarming and um, enlightening to hear about the women who have impacted your lives. And I appreciate you for being here and for sharing openly and honestly and sharing yourself um, and and also for being an inspiration to the women in your life and, and not just women, but to whomever, because I know that I, I know both of you personally. So I know for sure that you inspire many, many, many um, the same way that your people have inspired you. And I'm one of the people that you both inspire. So I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, well, I am Christina Michelle. We are going to take a brief break and we will be right back. Thank you both for being here with me today. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Hanson Gress, Ka eat with the shoe ye, where Kashuk are ye tin. 
Jin kat ka ke jin talk anakaya ha anikak gunish cheese. Welcome back to Culture Rich Conversations. Once again, I just want to thank our show producer and guest today who actually made it here to Juneau, Alaska and was right here in the studio with us, Natasha Boozer and Connie St. John, who is joining us via Zoom from the D.C. area. It has been such a pleasure. And now I'm going to share a little bit about Today in Black History. Today in Black History, we celebrate Rebecca J. Cole. Rebecca J. Cole was the second Black woman to receive a medical degree in the United States. In 1867, she became the first Black woman to earn her medical degree from the Female Medical College of Pennsylvania, as well as the first American to do so in the United States. Late in life, Rebecca J. Cole became an advocate for providing medical care for the poor and also practiced medicine at the New York Infirmary for Women and Children. With a career that spanned 50 years, Rebecca J. Cole dedicated her life to caring for the underprivileged until her life passed on April 14th in 1922. She was an amazing woman who lived a life of service to those in need and a groundbreaking history maker who never let obstacles stand in her way. We should all take a page out of her book. We appreciate you for listening today, and we look forward to hearing any feedback you have. You have our email address. It is junobaa at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook by just searching for junobaa. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 33734, Juno, Alaska 99803. Today's producer was Natasha Boozer. We'll meet again next week. And in the meantime, may your life be blessed and flow with ease. I'm Christina Michelle, and this is Culture Rich Conversations. Culture-Rich Conversations is made possible by a grant from the Social Justice Fund Grant Program of the Alaska Community Foundation. Culture-Rich Conversations on Juno Afternoon is sponsored in part by Mark Stofa and Sarah Hannon of the Alaska Wild Salmon Company, delivering fresh salmon to Juno home since 2006. Learn more at goodsalmon.com or 907-321-4997. <laughs> You're listening to Culture Rich. Culture Rich.